Well, we want to give the opportunity for rural voices to be heard. We have a couple of voices for you to hear. They are Jim and Barbara Miles calling us from Leon County, right there in between Dallas and Houston. How are you, Mileses? Fine. Thank you, Jay. Uh, tell us, uh, where about how far are you north of Houston? Uh, we're about 130 miles north of Houston, about 130 miles south of Dallas. So okay. Almost right in between. A little Sm- closer to, to Dallas, but not much. Yeah, so you sent me some pictures, and we'll put them up on the website of your of your place there. But tell us, when did you become aware of all of this? Early 2015, late 2014, um, and it was already something that was you know creeping up our way. But uh, word just got around from you know neighbors saying that they'd heard talk about it. I think some um, survey forms had been discussed, you know, in counties below us. At one time, they were considering going through Montgomery County, where Conroe is located, uh, and so, you know, word just kind of spread about it. Nobody really had any information, you know, much on what the project involved, but, you know, word of mouth just caused interest, and then, you know, interest caused uh, investigation, so that's how we found out about it. So, if word of mouth wouldn't have spread then surely surveyors showing up would have clued you in tell us about what kind of visits you've gotten to your property well we weren't visited by surveyors until later than a lot of people were and i think that's because they had altered the route some to the south of us uh but when we were contacted it was by a woman who who uh was sort of covering this area um so she had already been you know identified to us and she she'd made the rounds to businesses and things like that to, to, to sort of get familiar with the area but um, the first time we ever met with her was at a community meeting that was held in town uh, and it was a sort of get to know about this project type thing and so there were a lot of Texas Central Railroad um, personnel in place as well as you know some of their contractors the landmen and all of that and there was one particular woman who was uh, who was assigned to our area, who'd become quite chummy with uh, a neighbor of ours who had actually uh, fallen in line with the project, and she was sort of using that woman to, you know, to get through to us. But, you know, she had big hair, big big smile, and, you know, wanted to laud the praises of the project to us, and we told her immediately that, you know, we had no interest in it. How bad would that job be, by the way? I know. I mean, you gosh. Gotta, you got you, you to go into small towns. Well, they do work on commission, so they have many different approaches that they use. If it, if uh, you know, honey doesn't get it, then they get a little nastier, you know, in their and more aggressive in their approach. So now, this sign that's up in the Houston Chronicle piece uh, that you all are quoted in. Uh, no trespassing violators will be shot. Survivor, survivors will be shot again. Is that at your house? <laughs> no, that, that sign is not at our house. But okay. That's pretty much the sentiment. I mean, um, you know, we were we told uh, this woman in no uncertain terms that we weren't interested in her leaving cards, you know, leaving notes on, in the mailbox, uh, leaving anything on our fence, uh, calling us. We were not interested in what they had to say, what their offers were, and uh, you know they they were pretty they were pretty persistent, but you know we made it clear to them that uh, by putting the purple ribbons around our fence that that was a universal sign of you know no trespassing and that uh, you know the the law would be called or worse if we found somebody you know on our private property. Purple ribbons is that what you all have taken up? A lot of you and your neighbors have taken well, up to say we're not interested in selling. Is that what that ribbon means? Yeah, I mean that's not something that we that we as an organization adopted. That's that is a 
that's just a sign that is recognized that a purple ribbon on a fence means no trespassing. I mean, that's not a new thing. Okay. Jim, are you there? Yes, sir. I'm okay, here. Okay, good. I wanted to make sure that you were there. I, cu- I, couldn't, I couldn't hear you. I, I, I want to be clear to listeners that we're not bringing in any formal organizations at this point. I know that you you all, I've read you and then heard about you, and so I decided to reach out to you. I think it's better for listeners to get a, an organic from the ground before we start hearing canned messages. And that's not to be disrespectful to either side of the issue, but we want to hear these stories before we get into the issue from both sides of it. So Jim, tell us a little bit about the property. How many acres and how long have you had it? How many owners have there been? Well, my wife can tell you exactly the time, time limit and everything. I think she said you the time limit and everything that we've owned this property. But we've had it since about, I've been running this ranch since about 2000 the year 2000, and uh, and I was helping the older man that owned the property, and he was sort of like a daddy to me, because my daddy died awful young when I was awful young, and so he was sort of like a daddy, and she was like, sort of like a mama to me, and we, we uh, when they passed away, when she passed away, she gave me the ranch at Bandera, and then when he passed away, he gave me the ranch here, Barbara and I here, the, the ranch here in, in Leon County. What's the name and, of the ranch? It'll do. It'll do. It'll do ranch. It'll do ranch. So and we've got it sounds like it won't do, though. <laughs> well, uh, the whole thing about it is it's a cattle ranch, and, and I have a, right at 200 mama cows. I also raise bulls and sell Angus Plus bulls. So it's a, it's a paying operation. Even though I'm 78 years old, I still work every day. How do you think those bulls are going to take high-speed trains coming through there? Well, they're not gonna like it because they're they're awful, they're awful quiet and and uh, and this area here is a pretty quiet area. We don't have uh, other than uh, trucks going down the highway, the county road here. We don't have any any transportation problems or anything like that. We don't have any noise. Uh, everything's pretty quiet and pretty calm. And and uh, and and I as I as I stated, my cattle are are our living really. Hmm. Uh, it's what we. We rely on to make money, uh, and uh, even though it's seventy-eight years old, I still work, and I and I and I run this ranch by myself. I don't have any help. I hire some help every once in a while, but most of the time I do everything myself. And Barbara helps me when I need help, and that's the way we run it. You know. Tell us. Uh, tell me again. How many acres? Well, we got anywhere right around eight hundred. Okay. So how many? How many miles wide is your property? Well, it's three and a half miles from the from one side of the... I own both sides of a county road in front of our house, and then I go all the way to the county road on the next... The, uh, on the back side where they're trying to put this train in. So from one corner to it to the other corner, it's about three and a half miles long. Okay, three and a half miles. So what I've read is that it's going to be about 200 feet wide, what, what they're asking for here. 240 miles, 200 feet wide. Is it just 200 feet wide? No, it's not going to be just 200 feet wide. That's just that that's just for the track. That doesn't count the fence. That doesn't count the maintenance right-of-ways on either side, and that doesn't count the extra property they can condemn on either side of it for maintenance, for retention ponds, uh, for... Um, uh, stockpiling rock for all kinds of, you know, uh, their their own particular uses. So uh, what does it go to once you add in all of those 
attributes. You mean how, how much of our property is taken? Yeah, how, how wide is it, it at that point? Yes, pretty much be all of it. So it'll go three and a half miles. Well, close to it, where the where the where the uh, route is now is, you know, is on the what west west side west side of the property. So it would take most all of the eastern side. So it's going to just do away. It'll it won't do ranch at that point. I mean, it, it's, it'll, it'll be what, a no do ranch. Yeah, correct. no do ranch. Wow, because it wouldn't just be your house at that point. It's the entire ranch. Well, this thing is is from from the from where you looked at the picture. Uh, behind behind where she took the picture is our house, and it's across a brush uh, creek called Brushy Creek, which creek, which is one of the biggest creeks in the area, and we've got all kind of wildlife, ducks, geese coming in in the winter time. We've got you know a deer out here just galore. Uh, we don't we're, we're naturalists. We don't believe in in killing these animals just to be killing them and and hauling them off, you know. And so we've got all this area between us and the and where this train's supposed to be going, and it's going to go right behind our house, which is about, oh, I'd say, uh, two football fields. So tell me, are they going to let you keep the mineral and water rights, or do no, they take that no, as well? They, they, that's part of the deal is that you have to give up your mineral rights and your, and your water rights on the property when they take it. I mean, that's what they're, they're offering to do uh, whenever they give you this... Uh, uh, option contract. Option contract. That's within the. Uh, that's within the term. That's their terms within the contract, and that's non-negotiable. Hmm. I don't want to get into specifics, but have you been offered anything close to what you feel like your property, well, with all rights considered? Uh, you know, the the option contracts will offer you what you know many people see as as uh, certainly more than what your per acre value would be if you want to sell your entire place. But they don't take into consideration that what property remains is going to be devalued by 90%. And so, you know, the, the money that they're offering for the immediate acres they're going to take doesn't take that into consideration. It doesn't take into consideration the fact that we'd have to sell our cattle at a loss because there'd be, you know, no way to, to continue to run the ranch here. And um, if they took the two miles... You know, in some instances, you might say, "Well, you could relocate if your place is that big. Well, you could build, you could build a new home across the road, or you could build it down the way. It, it's going to pretty much wipe out, you know, all of this property. So there would be no good place to rebuild, you know, our home. So it doesn't count that in the emotional toil it takes of being ousted from your own private property. Hmm. It's a project that is not going to serve the public good. If nope. this was, if we live somewhere where um, we we uh, our property is lies between two state highways, State Highway 7 and State Highway 79. It, they both get a lot of traffic, and they both go a great distance over into East Texas and, and 79 even over into Louisiana. If they had to widen that, I, I, I wouldn't be happy with having to give up some of my property to see that happen, but you can certainly see the need for that, and that would be something that would be utilized by everyone, and it wouldn't be a per-pay for-profit type of project the way this one is going to be. So it and is set up. Let me let me set up this part of the conversation for people who are just joining us. We're talking with Jim and Barbara Miles, and they are in Leon County, about halfway in between Houston and Dallas, bullet train going in and being proposed that would go right through 
their property. Uh, there are certainly many others who are in the same position that they are right now. It is a private group that has put this together. It's Texas Central Railway. Uh, by the way, this is just coincidence but we're broadcasting from lubbock texas right now drayton mclean speaking an event in lubbock texas this evening but it is a private company that's putting all this together so let's talk about one thing that i see that doesn't make sense and and help me if i'm missing it but right now it's estimated that 700,000 people a year fly dallas to houston but somehow texas central railway believes that they can get five million passengers per year <laughs> yes sir. yes at, at a cost of three times of what it costs to fly southwest you know from houston to dallas so that said well i don't i don't even know what to really what that says to me is that it may not be feasible has there been a feasibility study there's been an environmental impact study done but what they what they have never disclosed which which uh a group of us have sued them to disclose is their ridership projection. Even the failed high-speed rail project in Florida included ridership projections in their environmental impact study. This one does not have it, and they will not release that information. Because they're now, private. They're so certain uh, that this is going to be something that's going to warrant having multiple trains run both ways multiple times a day, then what's the big secret? So they won't disclose. So th- then you begin not. Then a lot more people begin to get concerned. I would think because yeah, they uh, should. because who who's going to have to take that over should the project fail? Exactly. That's absolutely right. So and, uh, all of a sudden, in Lubbock County, we're paying for this high speed rail down your way. Yes. Right. Exactly. Everyone in the state of Texas is going to have to, is going to feel the effects of this if eminent domain is given to them. Right now, thankfully, we've got a lot of legislation in place that is not allowing taxpayers to be held responsible for this and that there is not uh, state money being given to the project, um, but they are constantly looking for ways that they can make what they call a you know, public-private partnership, so they will tell you that they are not, uh, that this is not going to be taxpayer-funded, uh, and that's and that's, you know, uh, their, their big message that this is private, yet they have made many attempts to get funding at the state and at the federal level. So and when this goes through, uh, the, the maintenance of it will fall to the county, not the state, but the county. You say when so, this goes through, and those, those are all points to consider, mm-hmm. but I, I've heard you a couple of times talk with certitude like this is going to happen. Do you believe that this is really going to happen? Oh, no. Oh, no, no, we don't okay. believe this is going to happen. I'm just saying that it, that this is this is how they foresee it. And, I mean, that's a lot of what was revealed in the draft environmental impact statement is people assume that a project like this means that once it is put in, that it's going to be maintained by Texas Central Railway, and it is not. It is going to be maintained by every county that it passes through. So roads that are going to be closed and private roads that, you know, that will be closed if the project were to go through, that's going to be up to the county and the county taxpayers to try and reroute traffic for emergency services, for school buses, for mail service, uh, FedEx, anything like that. Yeah, that will it, all be on the county's shoulders. Is this assuming that the project fails? 
that the county would then have responsibility? No, no. Or that's how no, things well, are yes. now? I mean, it, it depends on what stage it does fail. I mean, if you consider that, uh, like Ellis County, with the super collider disaster um, and, and how people were left there, then, yes, if they get to the if they get midway through the project and roads are closed and, you know, services have to be rerouted, people sell their places out and all of that, and the project does not go through to fruition, then, yes, the county will still be responsible for any damages that are left behind. Uh, this Florida bullet train that you mentioned, Barbara, is it still operating? It's never operated. <laughs> just like, just it's like, like California. It's a perpetual money pit, and that's what's going to happen with this, and if it ever happens. But, you know, Jay, we have always suspicioned that this is beyond high-speed rail, but this has to do with a land grab for whatever project comes down the line, more importantly, to get eminent domain authority for private projects, which is a very, very dangerous thing. Tell us what the difference is, Barbara and Jim Miles speaking with us here on the other side of Texas. Uh, What is the difference between a state taking an eminent domain and federal taking? Well, right now the state of Texas has no clear stand evidently on eminent domain. There's never been uh, a private project that has been awarded it, but there's never been any clear legislation that says it will absolutely never happen. And so, you know, of course, this is a project that's never, there's never been anything like it in the state. So, you know, it's very likely a test case, if you will. So that's why we're watching this very closely, because as disastrous as this project would be, the project itself, what's even more disastrous, would be the, the precedent it would set uh, by allowing a private project to get eminent domain authority, which right now it's only given to, you know, public utility. Um, and one of the things the Texas Central Railroad wants to say is that they are a public utility, they're a railroad, but then they want to tell you they're not public, they're a private company. Yeah, they won't give uh, you the feasibility. Def- and they're def- Jay, they're definitely not a railroad. They're not a railroad. They have not one single car, not one piece of track. They still won't definitely say uh, that this is, the, this is the definitive route, though we know that it is. Um, and they've just now named locations for station. There's stations. There's not been any, you know, uh, clearing of the stations. They, they've, you know, named where the site is going to be. Um, but, and this is all going to be built overseas. Their biggest investor is a Japanese bank. And so all of the track, all of the cars, all of those materials will be Japanese. They will be sent back over here, but that's where the construction will take place. Not in Texas. This is not a Texas project. Okay. So speaking to us from the It'll Do Ranch, let me ask you this, Barbara. Would you, if, if there are urbanites listening... And I don't mean that in a negative connotation, but if people who are in urban centers in Dallas and Houston, if they're listening to this or they listen to the podcast afterwards, and they're thinking, wow, this is a great way for me to just, you know, Texas A&M students who are from Dallas, like I can just shoot right back up or I can shoot down or I can go see my, my aunt and my nieces and nephews and brothers and sisters. This will be a great thing. And I can just get there in a little under an hour and a half. What would you say to them? Well, originally this project was marketed to them to try to alleviate the congestion that exists in Houston proper and in Dallas proper. Um, And it's not going to do that. Uh, They're going to have to go all the way across town in order to 
drive to the station all the way across Temple where they pick up the train, which will then head north, and then they return to the station and will have to fight traffic all the way back to their home. So this will do nothing for that. This will do nothing to alleviate the traffic that they're now experiencing in Houston proper and in Dallas proper. So, so it turns out to be maybe a three- or four-hour trip. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, you know, they'd be better off to continue commuting the way they are or, you know, uh, uh, pressure their councilmen and their congressional representatives to do something about the intra-traffic that's in those cities. Jim, you this look at... This is not going to do that. And it's going to be too expensive for anyone to ride with any regularity. Uh, Jim, you go out and you look at your place and you know how it turns, you know how it works. The animals have figured it out. But you look at the contours of your land and look at the history under your feet uh, and think about it. What would you tell, if you had a, an urban fella come walk your land with you, what would you tell them about this train? Well, first of all, I'd ask him, uh, how much money have you got? Cause, because of the cost of riding the train from Houston to Dallas, it's, say, $200 a trip. That's $400 round trip. Most people can't afford that. The average Joe that lives in Houston won't ride this thing to Dallas. They could get, they could take a car and drive to Dallas for, for $100, you know, fuel. It takes them a little longer to do it, but they can ride, you know. And and then they, when they get there, they go where they want to go. They don't have to worry about hiring a cab or whatever it takes to get them to where they're going. And I would tell them, first of all, the, the, the smart thing to do is to Try to figure out where where this is going to be paid for, how it's going to be paid for, and who's going to pay for it. And if it falls on its nose, the taxpayers are going to be paying for it, not the the train people. Uh, and and I I don't have that kind of you know uh, 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 wishes for these people myself because I mean uh, they're disturbing my life, and I'm an old older person and I, and I ain't got too many more years here on this earth. But I want to live it on this place. I don't want to be disturbed and moved off. And and I don't think they want to do the same thing to their place, wherever they're at. Even if it's just a house in Houston or a house in Dallas. Hmm. I mean, when you when you live on a place for a long time, you kind of get to where that that's your life, you know. And this is my life here on this ranch. And I don't want it disturbed. Barbara, back to you. I mentioned that Drayton McLean is in... Lubbock right now if if you had the opportunity to speak one-on-one with him or the two of you were able to speak with Mr. McLean what would you tell him well actually Jim was at uh, there was a round of uh, uh, public comment meetings in response to the draft EIS uh, when it was released and uh, I wrote I wasn't able to attend I attended two of the meetings Jim attended several of them one of them in Grimes County and um I sent him with a piece that I wrote because you could, you know, publicly comment for three minutes entitled Drayton McLean is a liar uh, because many of the things that he has said publicly um, in the same way that Bob Eccles, who was originally the face of this project, uh, spat it off and said um, that it was going to be fun, uh, a fun project. I, I don't consider being ousted from the home that I plan to live in the rest of my life fun. Um, but it's just going to make a swishing noise. Uh, it's going to do more than that. It's going to drive the, the wildlife population completely out of Leon County. 
um, that it wasn't going to, uh, that taxpayers weren't going to pick up the bill. We know that that's not the truth. There's never, there's no private project, no, no private concern could possibly pick up the tab for this. I mean, they don't even have 1% of the funding they need yet, and they've been trying to do this for uh, six, eight years. So, I mean, we, we know that's a lie as well. So he can smile and say that all he wants to, but I'd like them to rewrite it through Temple and see how he likes it coming up through his backyard, because I don't imagine that he would. Hmm. It won't do. It won't do, it won't Ranch. Do. The it'll do will do what, we're, what we have to do to see that this project does not go through. I do want to clarify that I became aware, we have a Monday show, and I became aware of deadlines coming up on public comments. Wanted to give you all the opportunity to be heard by an, by an even wider audience. And again, this will all be up on uh, our iTunes podcast, Other Side of Texas. And just fell on this date. This was a good date to do it, so we did it. Tell us uh, any, anything else that you want to get off your well, chest for me let I've you go. Well, I've got one more thing I need to, need to tell you about. All right. We've got a school here over on the Highway 79. It's, uh, it's got about 1,000 students in it. It's called the Leon County School. And uh, this thing is going to be less than a quarter of a mile from the school. Hmm. At 205 miles an hour. Wow. And, and elevated. And, and you, you think about the, the, the danger and everything with the kids and everything in that school and all the noise and everything that it's going to cause and these kids are going to be standing there trying to study, and they're going to hear this swoosh go by, and they're going to look, you know. It's going to be, uh, it's going to disturb that school big time. What kind of railroad crossing do they put up? I'm just thinking about this off the top of my head. Like, do you, is there like a wall that comes up and down to make sure that nobody gets in? How, how can you <laughs> uh, do the depth of speed fence. at 200 miles an hour? Uh, yeah, you know, we have a feral hog problem here. Um, <laughs> and uh, one, of the, one of the things we said, you know, right off was, uh, you know, the kind of damage. And, and, you know, their reply was, it's going to be going 205 miles an hour. Nothing's going to bother it. They haven't seen the size of hogs that we have here, or deer, or, or birds even. I mean, birds can, you know, take out a windshield of a, of a jet airplane. Um, and so they've got, uh, uh, in their nice little mock-ups and everything, a, what, a glorified cyclone fence is, is really all that it is. They've not taken any of the safety concerns we have seriously, whether it's about the operation of the train or actually being a passenger on the train and the, the fear of terrorist attacks, things like that, that are, that are a reality now. They've actually happened on high-speed rail. Uh, but, you know, anything that slows down um, the, the uh, trip it makes from Houston to Dallas defeats the purpose. So they have said on the record that they are not going to have the kinds of security checks that they do at airports. Well, Barbara and Jim, thanks for coming on. They're from the It'll Do Ranch, and we'll be following this story closely. Uh, We will put this up and uh, look forward to following this, uh, and hopefully uh, it won't become the No-Do Ranch. (laughs) Well, thank you, Jay, for taking the time to listen to Rural Texans. And, and to, you know, make it known to people that this place right here is priceless to us. No amount of money can buy it. And the idea that they want to pay you off and say, you know, now you're free. You can do what you want, go where you want. We don't want to be anywhere else but right here. Thanks for coming on. Yes, Thank appreciate you, sir. it, man. Bye-bye. Right. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Wow. No do, it'll do. It's a lot to break down there.